With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Christina Pittam, a creator and entrepreneur. And I'm Danielle Alexandra, a stylist and content creator. And we are... In case you haven't heard, podcast. Are we creators? Are we influencers? Bloggers? We don't even know. We're giving you the behind the scenes and an inside scoop of what really goes down. So you know exactly what the fuck is going on. Hello and welcome back to In Case You Haven't Heard. My name is Christina, Christina Pinham on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, you name it. I'm Danielle, all things coveted on Instagram and Danielle Alexander with no E on TikTok. And today we are bringing you guys a brand new episode of the podcast. But before we get into it, be sure to rate and subscribe us because that helps us get on the discovery page for you guys. It also allows you to be up to date with all our new episodes. We'll be posting once a week now because Christina and I are back in the same city and we know you guys have some extra time on your hands to listen. So we hope you guys enjoy the episodes that we'll be launching and the content that we'll be creating for you. And this week we have an important topic that we're covering with an expert in the field. So we are gonna be talking a little bit about finances. Today we'll be interviewing Erica Lee, who's a certified financial planner specializing in insurance planning. Covering the topic of finances is super important right now, guys. Obviously, there's a huge shift in the world in our spending, and now is a time that we should all be becoming more aware of our habits, things that we shouldn't be spending money on that we probably were, and how we can sort of shift that and come out of this you know, stronger than ever so that we're not stressed out about our financial life. And we know that this topic can be a little bit complicated at times. So we wanted to provide something that was super relatable and that everyone could really understand. So we we tap into investments, finances, how to save budgeting in a really conversational way so that it's easy to kind of absorb. Alrighty, so today we have Erica Lee on, as we briefly mentioned. So Erica is a certified financial planner specializing in insurance planning. And Erica, do you want to explain your career or your role a little bit more? Hi guys. Well, firstly, I will just say I'm super excited to be here with you. Well, not physically with you, but over <laughs> technology. This is my first podcast, so don't be too hard on me. Um, So Christina mentioned, I'm a certified financial planner. I specialize my business mostly in insurance planning, like that aspect of the financial planning process. I've been in the business for about seven years now. My dad's the veteran. He's been in the business for about 33 years. So I joined him about seven years ago and I've been loving it ever since. We don't want to ignore the current state that the world is in. Has your business shifted? How has your day-to-day shifted? Have your accounts changed? Or has it maybe even positively impact the business because more people are interested in insurance planning or in life insurance, let's say. I mean, I think everything and everyone has been affected by the current situation. I don't think there's one thing that hasn't been affected or had to shift or pivot to adjust to the situation we're in today. So 
for me, myself, we've definitely had to pivot. Everything is non-face-to-face right now. So we are lucky enough that we were deemed like an essential business, which means we can still operate. Um, The companies and carriers are still operating, which is really, really good for clients because, you know, anyone who wants to put a claim in right now, for example, or make any changes to their policies, they can still do that, right? Like things are still operating, which is good. But on the new business side of things, you can still apply for insurance right now. They've actually made it easier and safer because of the COVID-19 situation. So everything's going to be non-face-to-face. I've been meeting with clients through Zoom, like we are right now, and <laughs> phone, and all of the carriers have basically made online applications. They they had already been doing that before the pandemic, but you know, obviously, right now the usage of it is definitely a lot higher. And would you say that you guys have been pretty consistent with your services then, because you've been able to kind of carry everything virtually, or has there been an increase or decline in everything? I think there's been an increase in everything, especially on the client service side. You know, people are worried. They want to make sure their policies are still in force. I've actually gotten the question a lot, which I'm surprised about, like whether or not a life insurance policy would cover a death caused by coronavirus. So obviously it does, right? Life insurance is pretty black and white. Um, but I've gotten that question a lot. So I've been servicing a lot of clients lately who have just been calling me Um, You know, I've had some, especially business owners um, who are my clients who have called, they're facing some pretty tough times right now. So just seeing what can the insurance companies do to kind of help them through this rough patch? um, What can their individual policies, like, are there any types of things that we can do with the policies that can help them through this rough patch? So there's been a lot of client service as well as, you know, a lot of people calling me because this is honestly such a good reminder of why we need to protect ourselves, right? Have you seen an influx of younger people contacting you or being interested in in these kinds of services that they like may life insurance Yeah, stuff, that yeah. they may have not thought of before or thought of as essential? Yeah. I mean, me myself, I do work primarily with younger people, young families. For me, it's not that it's more than before, but I do see a lot of people really really thinking about it right now because, you know, I said this in one of my recent videos like This is such a good example and a good reminder of what happens. Basically, right now we're experiencing what happens when your income is lost, right? Other than that, like that's the main thing. For sure, people who have, you know, contracted the disease, that's a totally different story. But the mass majority of people right now are experiencing hardship because they've lost their income, right? The ability to go out to work and and to make an income. The cause of that this time is the pandemic, But there are so many other things that can cause you or your partner to lose your income, right? And we're just basically seeing what is the aftermath of what actually happens when that that income is lost, right? So life insurance, critical illness insurance, disability insurance, those are all things that protect against losing income, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, essentially now the whole world is sort of on this, on pause, other than these essential businesses. I mean, I think it's safe to say that we are preparing to go through a recession and some places in the world are already at an economic all time mm-hmm. low. So yeah. how do you see the current situation in Canada versus like the rest of the world? And do you think maybe we are at a better position because we are a little bit more prepared, you know, in the finance space or sort of what are your thoughts on that? You know what, leading up to this, obviously no one was predicting that a pandemic was going to happen. But I think leading up to this, a lot of people, including myself, I was worried for Canadians and the Canadian economy. We're a pretty, uh, we're a society that's kind of overwhelmed with debt, 
Okay. Especially younger people. If we're talking a lot of like, you know, millennials and younger people in general. I can attest to that. (laughs) You know, most people are carrying a lot of debt, whether it be like credit card debt, mortgages, lines of credits. We're overwhelmed by debt. And I always say this, everything will be fine and your plans will go according to plan if you can, you know, keep making money, paying off those debts or making those payments, not even paying off the debts, but making the payments, right? But if you can't, then what happens? And, you know, again, like I said, we weren't expecting a pandemic to happen. But when you're overwhelmed by debt, just a little trigger can cause, you know, a huge aftermath, right? So I was worried, and this is even scarier, because basically, like you said, the we've just shut down, right? Nothing is happening. So what does that mean for a lot of people? That's why you can see, you know, I think it's like f- almost 5.5 million Canadians applied for the benefits through that the government are offering right now. That's some pretty scary numbers, I think, when you think about what that means. And that doesn't even include all the people that are struggling and wouldn't qualify for those benefits, right? So there's a lot of people struggling right now. That's like what it comes down to. No one really thinks that anything this bad is going to happen or no one really thinks that their income is going to be taken away. But let's prepare. Yeah. yeah, Let's talk about the importance of saving, Mm -hmm. having a rainy day fund and your recommendation on, you know, what percentage is is a good percentage to put away each month when you when you do have a salary. Let's get more into that, into the juicy stuff. (laughs) You know, I think that this is such a good, again, reminder of why having emergency funds and having that rainy day fund is so important. Those rules of thumb are great. It's a great thing to follow and kind of remember that you should be putting a portion of your income aside. They always say like around 20% of your income is a good amount to set aside for savings in terms of an emergency fund. I like to look at it more so as like, okay, a length of time kind of. So, you know, I you want to have an emergency fund that can, you, you don't have to worry about your expenses for six months or one year. Again, it everyone is different, right? It depends on how much risk you're willing to take on yourself. No one thinks that something this bad will happen. But, you know, <laughs> similarly, you can think of, okay, if you get into an accident, or if you get sick, this exact same thing happens, right? So it doesn't have to be, again, something this bad. It just has to be something that stops you from being able to go to work or being able to make money, right? So you should be thinking about, okay, how long can I go without making any money that I have that emergency fund set aside? Okay, so but again, the rule of thumb is, you know, you should be putting money aside every every amount that you com- comes in you should be putting some of it aside, right? Overspending is also like something that's really, you know, popular with millennials, but also just sort of as a product of like the culture of spending because of social media, because of, you know, we always want the quick fix and we always want the new thing now. And Mm -hmm. I mean, we all like to spend money on, you know, the luxuries in life, whether that be, you know, going on a nice trip, you know, going to the club, getting bottle service, going and, you know, buying some nice bags or some clothes to invest in our closet. But I think what is important in regards to that is obviously, you know, you shouldn't be spending beyond your means, although most people do that. But I think what we wanted to kind of get to is if you, you know, if you do budget correctly, you actually can a lot X amount of money to contribute or to go towards those things and those luxuries if you're prepared. Well, I like how you said, how long can you go without an income? Because Mm -hmm. that kind of goals you, even though maybe you can't put 
initially 20% of your paycheck or 30% of your paycheck into savings. It goals you to a certain numeric amount. It's not that I follow a budget, but what I like to do with my accounts or money management is allocating specific accounts for specific things. So for Mm -hmm. example, checking would be cash flow, savings would be buying a house, the sub would be business. So I think having that monthly goal in mind helps you with your budgeting it because if you don't have a why in budgeting then you don't budget if you don't know why you're putting away the money then you're gonna go out and buy that new bag or you're gonna go out and you're gonna spend money on those bottles that you want (laughs) to spend your money on and budgeting Um, is so important right because just like you said you know, you have to know what your goals are. What are you working towards, right? At the same time, you have to know what can you afford, right? And how do you know that unless you're keeping track of, okay, what is coming in and what is going out, right? Otherwise, you're not going to know how much you can actually spend on that bag or did you save enough for that bag? It's not, I don't ever want to say to people, no, you know, don't spend on those things because everyone is different, right? But at the same time, you have to know what can you afford. If you can't afford it now, it doesn't mean you will never be able to afford it, right? It means you have to, you know, put that in your budget, put some aside for that. What is important to each person is different, right? So budgeting is at the core of, you know, reaching your goals in terms of financial goals. What are some of your key tips that you can give us for someone who maybe hasn't budgeted in the past, but really wants to budget and just doesn't really know where to start? Like me. I always say too, um, in addition to budgeting, I think preparing for the unexpected is one of the most important things that a lot of, especially young people, don't even think about right? We are all young. We think we're invincible, literally, that nothing bad will ever happen. And like I said, I hope nothing bad ever happens to anyone, right? But, you know, unfortunately, even if we live the healthiest lifestyle, um, we live the safest lifestyle, unexpected things can happen to anyone. So I think that Preparing for the unexpected is such an important, important thing because you don't want to be just derailed off of your goals when one thing happens, right? So you have to put, you have to look at the big picture, you know, break it down into short term, medium term, and long term goals. That'll help you each milestone reach the goals you're trying to reach. It'll be a little bit more realistic when you break it down in, in a smaller aspect versus like that, just that long-term aspect. You don't know what you're saving for or why you're saving for it. We've been hearing a lot about, you know, people on social media, like videos of, of financial planners, analysts, uh, people, you know, working in the stock market saying mm-hmm. like, now is the good time to invest. Yeah. These are the yeah. stocks to invest in, you know, it's at an all-time low. Stocks are on sale. Now it's so now is the time. Yeah. I mean, I, I have like a thing to pick with all of this. Because, yes, please. <laughs> because it's so funny, especially if you follow those people over the different cycles, right? It's just kind of laughable how like the, what's the word? Like the way they speak and the way they spin it changes through each cycle. You know, back in 2016, and 20, early 2017, you could talk to any realtor and, and well, not any realtor, sorry, I'll take that back. But you could talk to a lot of realtors and realtors would say to you, there is no way that the Canadian real estate market is going to drop. There's absolutely no way. Compare it to all these different countries and these different reasons. There's no way that the market will drop. Then obviously later end of 2017, it did take a little bit of a sizzle. So it cooled off a lot. 
And then the people would be saying, okay, now is the best time to jump in. Definitely it won't go lower than this. You have to jump in now. Don't miss out on that opportunity, you know? So I think people have to be, especially with social media today, you have to really take everything you're seeing on there with a grain of salt, okay? I'll say this, and if anyone leaves with just one thing, I will say that there is not one method that works for everyone. You know, whatever works for one person may not work for another person. Let it be their goals. Let it be their risk profile and how much risk they can actually take on comfortably. Okay. Um, their income, their, their lifestyle and expenses. There's not going to be one way that works for every single person. And social media does a really good job at promoting, you know, FOMO and like that famous, <laughs> which like we'll talk about later too in terms of yes. people spending. But I think FOMO, I've been using it lately for investing too, because, you know, people don't want to see other people benefiting so much and gaining so much and feeling like they're missing out on that opportunity, right? And that's what causes so much of this hype. Because you see one person talking to you about, like, take Bitcoin, for example. It's such a good example of that hype. Because I'm not sure yeah. if you saw yes. so back good. when yeah. it was, like, in 2017, like, I think I couldn't go on Instagram for, like, a minute without seeing someone's Bitcoin growth, right? But I haven't seen that in a long time. Have you guys? They're all silent now. No. Right? Well, it's so, interesting how yeah. easily, you know, a trend can, like, pop off and then yeah. it can totally again sizzle like you were saying yeah, so no, i think absolutely. the most important thing people have to remember is okay one if you can't do you know don't take it on by yourself number one meet with professionals right at the same time figure out what's your risk profile that is where you should start in terms of you know looking at investments okay so figure out what's your risk profile how much risk are you comfortable taking on because that's going to help you figure out what kind of investments and what kind of allocations you want your savings and, and investments to be in. At the same time, I know you guys, um, you know, a lot of your followers are younger people. And like I said, you know, a lot of younger people are carrying a lot of debt. Before even thinking about investing and where you want to put your money in terms of investments, I would say if you're carrying any, you know, unsecured debt, that's the first place I would look to before anything. Because think about it, if we look at like unsecured debt, it can go as high as credit card debt, which will be interest rates are around 20%, okay? All the way on the lower end, which is like, let's say an unsecured line of credit, maybe the interest rates are 8 9%. So before even thinking about, okay, should I put money into an investment, I would immediately put money towards paying off that debt. You're going to get an immediate guaranteed rate of return on your money just based on the interest you're saving. Now, because of the climate of our economic system, <laughs> I've been investing heavily in different sort of things here and there, different index funds. And what I like to say, or what I was even talking to Christina about is like before getting into all of these index funds or investing in these index funds, I knew that I wasn't going in with, I'm going to invest now because tomorrow I'm going to make money. My right. mindset was, I'm not going to get a return on this for at least three to five years. Mm -hmm. And I knew that. And I was going into it with the mindset of, you know, I'm not going to make quick money here. I'm in it for the long-term investment. And then once I was okay with that, that's when I started figuring out where to strategically put my money in order to, you know, capitalize on these quote unquote sales, let's yeah, say. Yeah. The time horizon is 
probably just as important as like your risk profile, right? See, even three to five years is I would say is considered on the shorter term because you have to think to yourself like, okay, let's say you have a market crash within three to five years. That's not going to be enough time to, if your, if your investments, you know, drop significantly, it's not going to be enough time for it to come back up. So you really have to think, okay, if I'm only investing for three to five years, because, you know, I'm saving, probably saving this money for a specific purchase or whatever it is for something specific, then you have to maybe think, okay, when I say risk profile, I'm saying, okay, ask yourself if tomorrow that investment drops 30% or 40% or 50%, let's say, would you be okay with that? Do you have enough time to make that money back? And it's also an important thing to note that, you know, if something drops 50%, let's say, you have to make now 100% just to get back to where you were. It's a crazy volatile, like, thing to get into, especially it's so complicated because there's so many variables and having a portfolio that's diverse enough in order to view it that way. Because a lot of people, when it goes down, they you know, you're, you're losing money and people who are in the market, it gives you this sort of negative and positive rush almost like when you make money and then you lose money, you can make it just as fast as you lose it. And you, you realize that being, being in the market. Yeah. And I think it's important to note too, because we're basically on like the longest run of just increases in value of basically everything. Right. So pretty much, A lot of people, I think, have this kind of distorted view of their risk profile because they've never experienced a downfall the the way we're experiencing it right now, right? And I think that something that's really different between our generation and our parents' generation is that a lot of our parents' generation have experienced that down. I think it really helps you put into perspective your true risk profile when you've actually gone through it. So I think that the pandemic we're experiencing right now is going to be kind of a wide you know, a rude awakening for a lot of people who, you know, thought they could stomach a lot of risk. But now that they're actually looking at it, maybe they have a little bit of a change of heart. So I think it's really important to really, when you're thinking about your risk profile, really ask yourself, okay, because a lot of people don't think that it's possible, right? But it is. And we're probably going to see something very similar to those questions that you fill out on a risk profile questionnaire, right? So you have to really ask yourself, if I wake up tomorrow and, you know, 30% of my investment funds are gone, how will I feel about that? Are you okay with it because you still have a lot of time? Are you not okay with it? If you're not going to be okay with it, then that's something you really have to think about when figuring out where you're allocating your money. But that's why I say too, especially with younger people, if you have debt, I wouldn't even look at, you know, investing right now. I would be looking at paying off your debt. Okay. Because that is literally something, it's not variable on anything, right? Like you pay it off and that's your immediate guaranteed rate of return right away. Yeah. So I kind of want to touch on how you talked about the different perceptions of, you know, maybe savings and risk factor profiles based on a generational thing. So our parents Mm -hmm. versus our mindsets towards money, towards saving, I mean, are very different again you're saying part of it could be based off completely different completely different yeah Mm -hmm. I mean based on I guess you're saying what they have experienced and because they have experienced you know potential dips in in the economy and stuff like that can you speak on the different mindset the different money mindsets that let's say the baby boomers had versus versus the millennials and gen z's obviously you know we're younger and we always think you know, we're right, especially if we're educated in the field. Like there's a lot of, you know, friends of mine who are my age, but they're either in the industry, like in finance, or they're just like, you know, really smart with how they kind of 
take on things and mm-hmm. their parents might have a completely like opposing view of things that they have, but they think they're right because mm-hmm. they've experienced something. Whereas maybe, you know, the younger person or the kid, this, the child is right because they are observing things based on like what is currently going on. So how do you kind of like, you know, decide like who yeah. has the better or more accurate advice? Mm-hmm. Again, everyone's different. So I mean, <laughs> but what I see really is that, okay, our parents' generation was a very work and save, work and save, work and save. And that was basically all they did, right? I'm not sure about your parents. And I have a lot of clients, basically because my dad's been in the business for 30 something years, we work with third or even fourth generation of some of our clients. So I've seen kind of like the succession through the families and the generations, right? But our parent generation was really working and saving, working and saving. There was hardly any like discretionary spending, let alone luxury spending. Vacations, I remember when I was growing up, like going on one vacation a year was already like you know, you were very lucky. Mm-hmm. Now we're like, that? what? <laughs> yeah. Do you remember like back in the yeah. day when like you would go on one vacation a year and like one big trip, my mom's and 40th that was birthday. So She's lucky. like, we'll take three weeks. And like, yeah. that's, that's big. And everyone's like, wow, you're going you're here. You're so lucky. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like not everyone could do that. Right. Now, if you look at our generation, it's also work, but then a lot of spending. It's Sometimes no saving. Yeah, it's sometimes no saving and it's sometimes overspending. So it's work and spend, work and spend. I think that, you know, obviously I'm a millennial too. So, you know, I look at my parents' generation. I think that there's no question about it. That works in terms of financial health and, you know, saving for the future. That definitely works. At the same time, you don't want life to kind of pass you by. And again, like I said, I specialize in the insurance side of things. So I do see life is really short. You know, sometimes life can be taken from you in in just an instant, right? Um, So I also think that enjoying life and enjoying um, things that make you happy is also really, really important. So I really truthfully believe like some happy medium between the two um, Mm -hmm. is the best place to be. But I don't think there's any question about it in terms of that method, you know, hard work, a lot of saving, don't overspend is truthfully the way to financial freedom, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I think a lot of people, again, back to like the social media thing and like our culture of spending in terms of we just have so much FOMO. Like we have this idea in our head of like yeah. what our life is supposed to be. Well, because it's hyper, it's being projected y- in so many different ways you to look. us. Yeah. Everywhere you look, it's like you're just reminded of this is what your life should be. You know, I have this. Why don't you have it? I have this. Why don't you have that? I went here. Why aren't you going there? Right. And it's like a constant. Literally. Like, <laughs> it's just like that all the time. And I think a lot of you have to detach yourself from that because everyone is different. You know, we all have different goals. Someone could have a family of five or six and then you have a single person only having to support themselves. Everyone is in a different situation and we all have different goals in life. You just have to focus again, going back to the budget, listing out your goals and why you want those things. It's so important because it's so easy to get sidetracked and distracted by other people's goals. I don't even know if a lot of people even want those things. Like, you know what I mean? But it goes back to why are we traveling 18 times a year? You know, (laughs) when you have that line of credit debt or you have that credit card debt, the next trip doesn't need to happen if you 
could rather use that money to pay off credit card debt that you're getting charged 21% on. It's this idea of I need to do that. Okay, put it on my credit card. It also goes back to priorities. Like I guess in mm-hmm. in that mindset, it's like, oh, yeah. well, these people are doing it. So my priority right now is to do it too because it's going to be fun. It's going to have that short-term, yeah. you know, fun factor. It's mm-hmm. going to, you know, boost my self-esteem or self-worth and then and also there's also a component of I mean depending on you know what your relationship is with these people or whatever it's like oh like I should be able to do it if I don't like I'm a loser or like I don't fit Mm -hmm. in or like Mm -hmm. you know so it's like trying to hop on the bandwagon just to be a part in this and be included in something and I mean I think what's going on right now is actually the complete opposite of FOMO and it's really allowing Mm. people to like sit in their life and like take in and like kind of observe run through all of the things that are going on for them personally I mean obviously we're all on social media more now than ever but we're not having like things skew our perception of the things that we want for a person for ourselves personally um Mm -hmm. with what other people are doing so I think I mean even personally this has given me time to sort of reflect on what I want to do what do I want to I want to achieve. It doesn't matter what anyone else is doing because no one else is doing anything. So having that confidence of knowing that everyone's like sitting at home as kind of like weird or like maybe selfish as that sounds kind of I think is going to give more people, especially the younger generation, the ability to kind of sit back and be like, okay, I have 24 hours today or 12 hours today Mm -hmm. like to do something like what should I be doing with my time? Oh, I don't have anything yeah. to do. Well, why is that? What do I normally fill my time with? How mm-hmm. can I, you know, create purpose in what I'm doing to do something meaningful or maybe start on something that I want to do that'll give me meaning in life that isn't just, you know, fulfilling these short-term goals. Short-term- and I will say, you know, whatever short-term happiness that, you know, thing that you buy or that vacation you take, I can guarantee you the long-term stress of, you know, overspending and not being able to afford what you're actually paying for is much worse than that short-term happiness you're going to get from that one Instagram post of that vacation. You know what I mean? At the same time, (laughs) at the same time, I was thinking, you know, while we're all here in quarantine, this is such a good time to really actually take a look at your budget and figure out what did you think was a necessity, but isn't. You know what I mean? This is like so we've actually things, yeah. yeah, taken it down to like the bare bones. What do you need that's really important? And everything else basically is a want, right? Because so many families are really, you know, having to budget right now, this is obviously a really difficult time for a lot of people. Um, I think this is the best time to take a look. What are you really spending your money on every single month that you don't need to? You know, we need to use this time wisely. We're all stuck inside. Um, it's the perfect. I know a lot of people, you know, have, you know, the kids. <laughs> do, do you guys have kids? No, I know Christina. No. Kids, <laughs> I have a dog. That's she the has, closest yeah. thing yeah. I have to a yeah. kid. I have two dogs too. And you know what? I, I know a lot of my friends, family, they all have young kids. And, you know, I know it's hard, but we're never going to get the time like this again. And I know a lot of like the financial things, insurance planning, you know, even like personal estate planning, like wills and power of attorneys, like those are such important things that really make or break like a, a financial plan in, in total. So it's usually something at the top of people's priority list and they know it's important because they understand why they need to do it. But for some reason, like the day to day craziness always gets in the way of doing it. Um, so I really suggest people take the time, like get those things organized if you can without the kids bothering you. But I think now is the time to really put those things 
you know, actually do the things that are at the top of your priority list. And are there any um, recommendations or sort of tips you have for people to do that to maybe start budgeting or, you know, planning for the future? Mm -hmm. Yeah. One, if you're feeling overwhelmed with it, which I think, you know, I always say you can't be an expert in everything, right? So, you know, call a professional right now. I'm sure lots of professionals are taking phone appointments and things like that. And let them walk you through each step of, you know, the full financial picture. So like I said, insurance is a really important part of it. Estate planning. So if you own anything or if you have someone that's dependent on you, I can't stress how important having a will and power of attorneys in place are. And I also can't stress how many people I come across that don't have it in place. This is probably the number one thing that a lot of people like know they shouldn't even step out of outside of their house without it, but they do every day. Right. So think about if you have a young child, if something happens to both you and your partner, who's going to take care of your child? Or your dog. It's, yeah. Really? Like, <laughs> that's who's gonna true. Take care I don't of have things, one. Right? Yeah. I should get one. Your mom probably would be the next one. So yeah. I think, you know, virtual meeting with the professionals at, at start reaching out, getting your things in, you know, in place, because anything you do, whether it be like your insurance, whether it be your wills. You're going to have to provide the information to the professional helping you put those things together, right? So get together some of the important documents, like any assets you have, the liabilities you have. Start thinking about the important questions like who would take care of your children? Who would you be passing and who who would you be passing along your assets to? Who would you want to be your executor of your estate? So that means who would be taking care of actually that whole process. Those are the things that right now I think is the best time to really start thinking about them. Because again, like I said, this pandemic has been such a good example of what happens if you can't work, right? And the same thing would happen if, you know, your partner passed away prematurely or you became really critically ill and you were diagnosed with cancer and couldn't work anymore or you became injured in a car accident and couldn't work for six months or a year or longer, right? It's really, really, really important, I think, before anything um, to start thinking about the unexpected, just like what we're you know, experiencing right now. And maybe this will make us as I'm, I'm including both of us as in that mm-hmm. sort of group of millennials that think they're invincible. They're invincible. <laughs> yeah. Maybe this will trigger them and make them realize that anything can happen in a blink of an eye and you should be thinking about the worst and preparing for the worst. And then when the best comes around, you're in like, the, the top, best the best position, the mm-hmm. top position that you can be. Yeah. Because if you're not thinking about the worst, then then you're not doing yourself a service. You're not mm-hmm. you're not relieving yourself of the, of that stress, that long term stress that you were talking yeah. about. The pandemic we're experiencing right now is really unique, obviously. And you can see, like I said, around five, almost five point five million Canadians applied for you know employment benefits. So you can imagine, you know, we're lucky enough right now to have those added benefits that the government actually, you know, they're doing a pretty good job at minimizing. I mean, I'm surprised, like, yeah, they really helped us out compared to like the states and stuff. If you look at how fast this was implemented and actually rolled out so that people could access this, I remember when this was all starting to get really, really bad. The first thing that they were saying was just removing the one week waiting period for EI. 
So think about that. People don't even have enough savings for one week, one week. without income, right? That that was a benefit to some to, to people at that time, right? At the very, very beginning, that was kind of one of the first things that the government kind of rolled out to help, you know, with the impacts of COVID. Again, like I said, this is such a unique thing. So we're very lucky that the government has, you know, helped out a lot of people. At the same time, I will say if it's personal, this is because the whole world is experiencing this. But if it's a personal thing, like like I said, you lose a spouse, let's say. Right now, a lot of families rely on two people, two people working, two incomes. If you lose one whole income, you know, it's very, no one's going to help you unless you help yourself. So how do you help yourself? You plan for those things. No one wants those things to happen, but you have to plan for those things. And I always say, and I, I talk to my friends all, sometimes people say, I'm like, I don't want to be negative. I don't want to like, you know, be the Debbie Downer. But like I said, I'm an insurance girl. So I'm always thinking about how can I minimize my risk, right? How can I minimize the risk that I'm putting onto myself? So I always say you have to think about the worst case scenario. So it's always good to think about and be prepared for the worst case scenario, not just the best case scenarios, right? Which I find so many people only think about, well, it'll go up, you know, like, or it can't be that bad. It can be that bad and you have to be prepared for it to be that bad. So always think about, okay, what's the worst case scenario if I, you know, put my money into this or what's the worst case scenario if I don't have my income anymore? Think about the worst case scenarios, be prepared for that and hope for much better. Yeah, no, for sure. And do you have any predictions on sort of post-recession, how things are going to roll out or Mm -hmm. how the economy might be in the finance space? I think that things are going to be different for a long time, right? This is something we've really never seen. I think the last time businesses just like shut, like the economy shut down was back when it was like the Great Depression. So I think that we're going to see things roll out slowly. I was talking to someone recently and, you know, we keep talking about this V-shaped recession where like it goes, drops down significantly and just shoots right back up. And I don't think we're going to see something like that because... I've heard that too, actually. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see something like that just because people are losing their incomes completely. Once this is all done with, we're going to have to see how many businesses have permanently shut, right? So with those businesses that are permanently shut goes the jobs that those businesses were employing, right? So I think it's going to be tough for a little bit. I think people are going to be more cautious for a long time, which is good. Like I said, we kind of need to remember worst case scenarios can happen. We have to be prepared for those worst case scenarios or else, you know, a lot of negative effects roll out after that. It's like a snowball effect, right? If you don't have, you can think, I try to simplify things, you know, everything will be fine if we are healthy and can work and bring money into the house. If we can't, then what happens? And how long can we go on like that where we don't have an income coming in? Most people, it's not that long. And that's why I worry about, you know, post COVID-19 because remember all of these things, even like the business, the, I, again, I do think the government has done such a good job at helping people through this difficult patch or period. How long is this going to last is another uncertainty. And I think uncertainty um, is the scariest thing because a lot of these things, like even for the small businesses, a lot of them are loans, right? So with the loan, you still have to pay it back. Are we going to be able yeah. to, is business going to go right back to normal? I don't think so. Right. Um, People have spent two months, three months. How long are we going to go without income? Can you just go right back into how life was before? Probably not. 
So I think things are going to kind of slowly go back to normal. Even for people who, um, how the government implemented the whole mortgage deferral and people Mm -hmm. who are deferring their mortgages now because they don't just have the means to pay it. If you don't have a fixed mortgage rate, then once once you get picked back up in whatever the six month period that you have to now start paying your mortgage, you're going to have a new interest rate and also a new payment that you have to make yeah. just because you deferred additional net, additional payment? or whatever the rate is like, yeah. say for example, you're paying uh, I don't know, 3%, let's just say interest rate now, then when the six months are up, what's that rate going to be? It might mm-hmm. be more if you don't have a fixed rate. I think it's also important to realize that those deferrals are, you know, it's a deferral. It's not a forgiveness of that, those payments. Right. So I'm pretty sure I, I know that it's been a little bit vague coming from each bank um, in terms of what, how you qualify and how it actually works. But I think the general idea of it is that whatever you were going to pay, so your payments that you're deferring, it in, remember, your payment includes a portion of principal and a portion of interest, right? So that full payment gets added back into your principal, and you're basically going to get charged interest on the full amount that some of it was going to go to interest to begin with. So you're essentially, they say, paying interest on interest, right? Um, so again, I think these are really great tools for people who are in a situation where they cannot, like they will not be able to make those payments. This is really great that the banks and the government have created these things to help us get through this patch, but it's not going to be easy when we get, you know, when things reopen again, because all of these things are kind of, it's like a band-aid, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not like a full-blown surgery or whatever you want You want to compare it to. It's a band-aid. So these things are going to, you Just know. a quick fix. Even you if know? you're looking at the bigger picture, all of these benefits that the government are providing right now, you know, the, the government doesn't have like a pot of gold at the end I know. Of the where are they getting this money the, from? I don't even know. So We're going to be in so this, much debt as a country, I yeah. feel. So this is going to affect not just us, but like future generations too, right? This is huge. So it's so important. And, and again, I'm amazed by the amount that they've been able to help families, right? But you can't rely on the government or other people to help you through those times. We're in like a very unique, very special situation right now. But the same thing can happen at any given moment where you don't have income, right? So yeah. it's always, it, I always say everything will be fine if we're healthy, if we had a crystal ball, you would either call me up and say, okay, Erica, I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to live really long. I have zero need for insurance. I have a lot of time. Or you would call me up and say, sell me your largest you know, life insurance critical. Sell me your largest policy of everything. But unfortunately, we don't know, right? Yeah, we, we can't really don't predict know what's what the happen. future has in store. So Ever, right? So how much risk do you want to take on? Everything's great. If you're healthy, you have time, you have time to save, you have time to invest, you have time to weather the storms, but it won't be great if you don't. And we don't know if we will or not, right? Yeah. Well, Let's I, leave it at that. Yeah, I, think that I have, awesome. I do want to leave it on a high note. I have been seeing these memes or I guess, yeah, I guess it's not really a meme. It's more of just like a picture and it's budget for, yeah. you know, 20. Have you seen these where it's like I zero that. And that's why zero I was gas. thinking to myself, people are literally going to realize how much of their spending is so not necessary. Right? It's like zero on gas, zero on beauty, zero on this. And then it's like a thousand and fifteen hundred on food or something. Yeah. Something. Or it, Amazon yeah. Prime. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's like you're in quarantine, you want to spend, but it, you're like, 
firstly, I don't even know what season I'm shopping for. So just stop yourself. You know, you don't, you don't need it right now, right? Buy stuff that you need, spend what you need, especially in times like this, when, you know, things are down, it's even more important. Increase your savings, pay down your debt. I can't stress it enough. And that's why I wanted to focus on that, especially with younger people pay down your debt. It's times like this that if you want to take advantage of when it starts going up again, you don't want to have debt. You want to have the savings available you, to actually take advantage of those those benefits, right? Yeah, and kind of be able to start start more like fresh, I guess, essentially. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we will close it at that. So thank you so much for coming on. And um, do you want to plug in your socials so people can connect with you if they have any more questions? Sure. So you guys can reach me at my website, which is www.ericalee.ca and it's E-R-I-C-A-L-E-E. And then you can find me on Instagram too. It's Miss Erica Lee. And you guys know where to find us. You haven't heard podcast and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks guys. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.